So this week we had the opportunity to sit down with Vice President Mike Pence and talk about all things under the sun. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, this interview is brought to you by our friends over at ZipRecruiter. The lockdowns of the last year and a half, they created this huge pent-up demand for places like gyms, nail salons, hotels. All of them are on an epic hiring spree to accommodate a surge of business. So where do these businesses turn to fill roles fast? ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, they send your job to over 100 top job sites, giving you access to their network of millions of job seekers. ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans resumes to find qualified candidates for your open roles and then proactively presents them to you. You can easily review recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job. That encourages them to apply faster. According to ZipRecruiter internal data, jobs where employers invite candidates to apply get two and a half times more candidates. In fact, ZipRecruiter technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. We're joined on the line by Vice President Mike Pence, who, of course, was Vice President of the United States during the Trump administration. He has a brand new podcast out titled American Freedom in partnership with our friends over at Young America's Foundation. Vice President, thanks so much for joining the show. I really appreciate it. You bet, Ben. It's great to be on the Ben Shapiro show. I'm a big fan. Congrats on the, uh, congrats on the new podcast and wish you a lot of luck with it. What, what's the uh, subject of the podcast going to be? How often does it come out? Where can people get it? Well, we're looking to do it on a regular basis like you. Um, I'm going to be hitting the road, heading to college campuses for Young America's Foundation starting this fall. But we also thought pairing that with a podcast that's uh, entitled American Freedom with Mike Pence, talking about uh, the issues of the day, bringing my background and experience from being vice president, being a governor, being in Congress to uh, lend a conservative perspective, um, and, and hopefully with particular emphasis to young people. You, you're such an important voice in the rising generation, Ben, that I want to be a part of that and be a part of that conversation and have, have youth in America understand the ideals of freedom, basis of the American founding, and how they're relevant to all of the, all of the hot debates that are taking place uh, every single day in the midst of this administration. So let's talk about some of those debates. Obviously, Vice President Pence, we were promised unity. Right? This is the big thing, unity, when, when President Biden took office. And I asked at the time after his inaugural address, he, when, he, when he said unity, that can mean one of two things. Either we're going to cool things down, we're going to look for some sort of bipartisan compromise, everything is going to calm down now, or it meant we're going to cram through our agenda. And if you disagree with us, you are threatening unity. And it's pretty obvious which one of those two things uh, has obviously materialized at this point. Uh, this is most obvious in terms of his recent COVID decisions, in which he is now using the bureaucratic state as a tool of the executive branch to basically just ignore the entire legislative branch and use mandates that are beyond the power of any executive branch agency that I've ever seen. It's pretty astonishing. Well, the, the latest announcement of mandates using OSHA rules is clearly unconstitutional, but you know, look, take a step back. I'll, I will always be proud of what the American people accomplished. Um, during our tenure leading the White House Coronavirus Task Force. I mean, you look you look back at those days a year and a half ago. We reinvented testing from a standing start. Within six months, we had we had done more than a billion tests uh, all around the country. We uh, we saw to the delivery and manufacture literally of billions of medical supplies. No American was ever denied a level of health care, critical care that they needed. No no one was ever denied a ventilator. I tell people only in America would you see the kind of mobilization that we saw 
in in 2020. And then the development of therapeutics, the aid to small businesses. And to your point, Ben, everything that we did uh, with the Congress of the United States to aid families, to aid small businesses, to stand up our national response was done on a broad, bipartisan basis. And then it was, I have to tell you, it was shocking to me that, that right out of the gate, the first COVID bill that passed, passed on a partisan basis under the Biden administration. But it set the tone for everything they've done, driving open borders, efforts to defund the police, trampling our liberties, and uh, and, and this latest uh, literally power grab uh, with a national mandate. I mean, I, I, I couldn't be more proud that in nine months we developed two safe and effective vaccines. We encourage everyone to get a vaccine. Karen and I got vaccinated back in December on national television. But at the end of the day, even even though President Biden said it's not about freedom, America is about freedom. And and I will tell you, last thought, I, I, I just never heard an American president speak to the American people the way President Biden did last week. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Ben. Yeah, no, it, it astonished to have, me. To have, have the president of the United States say to the American people, I have been patient, but my patience is running thin. I mean, he works for us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. He's not he's not, not my father. Right? You, are used to, if you're my dad, you get to talk to me like that. If you're not my dad, you really don't get to talk to me like that. And and particularly <laughs> and and particularly when the president of the United States has not been transparent about his COVID policy particularly when his administration has been completely politically driven in so much of its COVID policy, ranging from school reopening right. policies to whether you should mask or unmask or not mask or children should mask. You know, all of this has been really botched politically in a radical way. I mean, even in that speech, just to take an example, we have him saying that his patience right. is running thin with the unvaccinated, but he literally says in the speech, both that the vaccinated are safe from the unvaccinated and also that the vaccinated are deeply unsafe from the unvaccinated and we must protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. Well, if I'm unvaccinated and I listen to the president of the United States tell me that even after I'm vaccinated, I'm still vulnerable to the, vac the unvaccinated, that might make me think twice about getting the vaccine. He's actively talking down the efficacy of the vaccine in order to push forward mandates that, are, that would be unnecessary if, again, we recognized a couple of basic truths. One, that people are responsible for their own decision-making when it comes to this. And two, that every adult in the United States has the capacity to go get a vaccine today. Right. That's right. Which is really, you know, I, I use the frame, I'm actually working on a book, and I just keep reflecting on our, I mean, we launched the greatest national mobilization since World War II, Ben. And you know that. You covered it like like very few others. I mean, only in America could we have done what we did. I mean, I remember when President Trump said that we were going to have a vaccine by the end of the year, that, that all the media, political, everyone scoffed at it. And let's remember that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris both spent the entire year 2020 undermining public confidence in the vaccine. I was in a national debate with Kamala Harris in which she again repeated that she wouldn't take a vaccine if it came from President Donald Trump. And I called her out. I said, I said, you've got to stop playing politics with people's lives. So they spent all last year undermining. And then when this year arrives, I think the first time President Biden ever acknowledged that our administration was responsible through Operation Warp Speed of the vaccine was about seven months in. And it was just a passing reference. I mean, the, the fact that they they steadfastly refused 
to give credit where credit is due to the extraordinary innovation of American research companies catalyzed by the leadership the president set into motion in Operation Warp Speed was it, it was a deeply partisan stance, and I and I also think that it it undermined public confidence in the vaccine as well. So look, uh, it is about freedom. You know, my new podcast is entitled American Freedom with Mike Pence. I just when you you heard the president of the United States not only scolding scolding Americans for not taking the vaccine, but they're scolding governors uh, for uh, for managing their states according to their own lives. It uh, it just and then he said it's not about freedom. America is about freedom. It's what explains this extraordinary, unprecedented prosperity uh, of of, of uh, the American people over 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 what will be in in a not long period of time, 250 years of history. And I I, I want to be a part of that conversation for the rest of my life. We'll get to more with former Vice President Mike Pence in just one moment. First. Have you ever wondered why internet access is a lot cheaper these days, like 30 or 40 bucks a month? Well, that's because ISPs aren't just making money off your subscription fees. They're also making money off of your data, your internet activity. They sell your history and your data to big tech companies. So what is the best way to make sure that 100% of your data is encrypted and that your internet provider can't get a hold of it? You guessed it, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN creates a secure tunnel between all your devices and the internet. So everything you do online is encrypted. It reroutes your connection through a secure server, which blocks your internet provider from seeing everything you do online. All they can see is that you are connected to an ExpressVPN server, but they can't see anything other than that. It's not just for phone or computer. ExpressVPN works on all your devices. It works on your tablets, your smart TV, even your router, so your entire family can always stay protected. And I can't stress this enough. It's really easy to use. Like you click one button, it is now downloaded. You click a button again, and now it is working on your computer or your phone or wherever you want it to work, and you're protected. Your data is your business protected at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben to get three extra months of ExpressVPN protection for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben to learn more. Vice President Pence, uh, just a, a pretty specific question here. Did, did the administration ever reach out to you or President Trump and ask about doing some sort of bipartisan ad campaign about pushing the vaccine? Because it seems to me if you actually want to get people vaccinated, then you actually should talk to the people on the right. And this administration has steadfastly refused to do so, which really suggests they're not as much interested in getting people vaccinated as they are in playing politics with the with the vaccinations. When you want to convince people, you don't treat them like children. You actually try and make an appeal to them. You actually try and convince them that, that it's in their best interest. It seems to me that an obvious move here would have been to try and cut some sort of bipartisan ad campaign with you and Kamala Harris and with President Trump and President and uh, President Biden saying, you know, we disagree on a lot of things, but we all agree that the vaccines are a godsend and you should go get one. Well, yeah, it never happened. And I and uh, look, it's but I, I go back to they spent the whole of 2020 undermining public confidence in the vaccine. I mean, they they said Kamala Harris and Joe Biden again and again said any vaccine coming under President Donald Trump. Uh, they, that they, you know, they uh, they would hesitate to take it. That they undermine that we could, do. but we de- we developed two safe and effective vaccines, and now we're sitting here today, and 75 percent of the American people have received one vaccine shot already. I mean, it's when we sat down the week after I became chairman of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, we brought in all of the major research companies in the cabinet room. The president's sitting there. I'm sitting there. We said to them. All right. How how soon can we get medicines? They said, well, therapeutics we can get we can move pretty quickly on maybe by the summer or the fall. We said, what about vaccines? They said, vaccines take four to seven years. 
if you can develop them. And right then and there, the president and our entire team said, how do, how do we accelerate that without compromising safety at all? That's where Operation Warp Speed was born. It was an innovative approach that essentially said, look, once you have an efficacy signal, that's a fancy schmancy term for once you once you got a vaccine that looks like it's going to work early in the clinical trials, we'll just pay you to make it while you keep testing it. And then if at the end it doesn't work, we'll we'll just pay for it anyway. And that was Operation Warp Speed. And so we, we were literally, the day we left office, we were vaccinating a million Americans a day, okay? And yet this administration came in. If you may not remember this, but I think I almost fell off my chair when, uh, I think it was about a week into the new administration, President Biden said something to the effect of, we didn't have a vaccine when I took office. Right. Which was a, it was, it was, it was a strange statement given Literally, the fact that we, there was a picture of him taking the vaccine a week and a half before. Well, he had been vaccinated. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just he, he had been vaccinated. But he's, he literally said, uh, but I, you know, that's another topic, right? But the, the reality is that you're 100% right that, uh, and I tried to set this tone from the very first coronavirus task force briefing that we were all in this together. Uh, this administration could have come in and set a tone on on encouraging and it's everyone's individual decision without mandates encouraging people to take advantage of this medical miracle a vaccine available through operation warp speed uh but doing it on a bipartisan basis but also also moving legislation covid legislation on a bipartisan basis they they didn't do that that was a partisan vote for the first time out of the gate in this administration and everything they have done every day since uh, has been has been designed like you said at the very beginning but it's about dividing it's it's about it literally is exactly the opposite of the of the false unity message that they projected from Joe Biden's basement in 2020 so vice president Pence um, you know the the other obvious part of the news cycle that we've seen. I really think that, that Joe Biden's vaccine mandates are in part an attempt to distract from the failures in Afghanistan. Uh, the reason I say that is because I think that he is, I think he understands that there's a very solid shot that these mandates get struck down in court. Uh, in fact, I think that there's a, a solid possibility that this may actually redound to the benefit of those of us who hate the administrative state, because I think that there's every possibility that this gets elevated to the Supreme Court level. The Supreme Court looks at how OSHA is interpreting its own rules, and they just say, you know, we're not doing Chevron deference anymore, right? We're no longer going to allow administrative agencies to essentially adjudicate the meaning of statute. Now we get to adjudicate. That, that would actually be a positive result. But I think Joe Biden doesn't care as much about what happens with any of that as he does about simply moving past the Afghanistan news cycle, which continues to unfold. There is something incredibly galling about watching the 20th anniversary of 9-11 memorials and seeing the president of the United States talk about unity and strength and, and courage at the same time that the Taliban that day were flying their flag over the presidential palace in Kabul solely thanks to this administration's decision as not only to pull out, but how to pull out. Well, I, I said early on the Biden administration's disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan uh, was a foreign policy humiliation unlike anything this country has endured since the Iran hostage crisis. And it didn't have to happen. Um, it, it grieves my heart. Uh, uh, at, at when, when, I, when I reflect on the loss of, of 13 U.S. service members, but when you, you think of the chaos, the catastrophe, the 
uh, that took place at Kabul airport. And the fact that literally they ordered our military out of Kabul Air Force Base in the middle of the night without alerting our allies and left Americans behind and left America's allies behind. It's just it was unconscionable. And um, uh, and I, I will say to all of your listeners around the country, it would not have happened uh, if the Trump-Pence administration had been in office. I mean, the, the deal that we struck with the Taliban in February of 2020 had three criteria. Number one, you don't harm any Americans. And literally, we, for the next 18 months, there was not a single American casualty in Afghanistan. Number two, you work with the Afghan national government. You work out a coalition government. Number three, you you agree not to become a safe haven for the kind of terrorist organizations, uh, Al-Qaeda or ISIS-K, that, that struck our country 20 years ago, right, in Al-Qaeda. Uh, The president, I remember I was in the Oval Office when he spoke to Mullah Baradar. Uh, He had him on the speakerphone. And the president said to him, and this remember now, Ben, this was a couple of weeks after we took down the Iranian general Qasem Soleimani, who was responsible for the death of hundreds of American service members uh, in Iraq. Uh, And this was just four months after we took down Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi and we took down the ISIS caliphate. And so the president says to the head of the Taliban, he said, look, we all want to end the violence. But if you break this deal, we're going to hit you harder than we've ever hit you before. And you could just hear in the tone of the Taliban leader that he understood that. And literally, the fact that there was not an American casualty for 18 months proves my point that they knew we meant business. The idea was that we would have an orderly withdrawal that took place before the fighting season began in May. Um but and 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 yet this administration comes in having overturned everything that we've done. I mean, think about it. The, they overturned all of the policies that were working to secure our border. I mean, they've been advancing uh, economic policies that are now driving record inflation. They've been trampling on liberties. But on this one, they kept saying we can't do anything differently. Except they did. They they extended for no particular reason. At the time for the withdrawal, initially announced they were going to set the date of September 11th until that was recognized as, as inexplicable, and then moved it back. So in the middle of the fighting season, they made the decision uh, to move American troops out. And I, I just have to tell you, it uh, it was a disgrace. But I want to say to people all over the country listening in, especially those uh, families of service men and women, uh, who served in Afghanistan over the last 20 years. Um, nothing this administration did, no failings of the Biden administration uh, in the last month will ever diminish uh, the extraordinary contributions uh, to our freedom and our security that everyone who served in Afghanistan advanced uh, since 9-11 forward. I mean, September 11th happens, and we, we've literally had 6 million Americans that have stepped forward and put on the uniform of the United States. Uh, some 7,000 have fallen uh, in service, and, uh, and 2,400 in Afghanistan. And, and I want to tell you the fact that we came to this weekend, this past weekend, 20 years on, and we hadn't had another major terrorist event on American soil is is a tribute to all of those who stepped forward and served. They said, here am I, send me. And I truly do believe that uh, all those who wore the uniform and served in Afghanistan, despite this administration's disgraceful, disastrous withdrawal, 
all those who serve will be will be remembered in the annals of American history for their contributions to our freedom. As Vice President Mike Pence, you can check out his brand new podcast, American Freedom with Mike Pence, in partnership with our friends over at Young America's Foundation. Vice President Pence, thanks so much for the time and good luck with the new venue. That's that's pretty awesome. Thank you, Ben. Great to be with you. Remember, that was the administration right there. Those were the bad guys. Right. According to the media, according to your friends on Facebook, these were the people who definitely needed to be thrown out of office because they were norm-breaking and terrible. And what we got in their place was a doddering old fool who spends his days figuring out how to violate the Constitution in pursuit of extraordinarily invasive policy and surrender abroad. It turns out that the bad tweets, they were bad. And also, the president makes an awful lot of policy. And who you elect president of the United States has a rather large impact on the daily life that you lead and that your friends lead, and that your families lead as well. People ought to remember that going forward, because it turns out that the folks the media say are really bad people very often are not, and the folks that the media say are really good people very often are the people most likely to violate your most closely held and um, most dearly held freedoms. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone, There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just $35 a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. PureTalk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So... I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let PureTalk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.